You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. It's a privilege to be with you. Uh, I'm Tom Nunzi. I've been part of this church for over 15 years now. Usually you'll find me in the third service. And you guys are going, why the hat? It's because 20 years ago I had a brain tumor. And we could turn off all the lights and I'd be very good. Or you can leave the lights on so you can see. And I'll get really grumpy. What do you want? Okay, we're going to keep the lights on. And for those who are watching, got to do a shout out to my daughter who is watching in Scotland. So this is probably the widest group that we normally have. Third service, we're often going north and south in New Mexico, Central America. But now we're going over to Europe today. So hi, Alicia. And Michael, if you're online, hope you enjoy it too. He's over in Boston. Canciones de Navidad, the songs of Christmas, esperando, we're waiting. What are we waiting for? Some kids are going, it's four weeks, 28 days. Others are pregnant and going, when is that day coming? Others can be like my mother-in-law going, Jesus, when do I get to be home with you? We're waiting. In today's sermon, we're going to see wait. We're going to go into the emotions that they experienced. And then we're going to ask the question, what are we waiting for? So let's look into the examples of waiting. In the time of King Herod, King of Ju- Herod, King of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abia. His wife, Elizabeth, was a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of God's commands, decrees, blamelessly. We're starting off early in the book of Luke. He just did his greeting. And the first thing we learn about is a couple that's walking with God. A couple which can be faithful. And we expect great blessings. But they were waiting. They were childless. Because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. How do you do when you're waiting? How do you do when you've prayed and prayed and prayed and God hasn't said yes? He hasn't said no. Will you wait like Elizabeth and Zechariah? Fearful of our God, walking blamelessly, or are you going to say, I need another God. Let's continue with the story. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by lot, 
according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. They say that the priest would come once or twice a year and serve a time at the temple, doing sacrifices, cleaning, greeting people. But once in a lifetime, they might get chosen to go burn the incense. Not going to the Holy of Holies, but to go in the holy place. We just learned that Zachariah was old. So for how many years did he go walking blamelessly before God? But God said, no, it's not your turn. The lots were drawn, and it wasn't his turn. So he was very old. Priest retired. So was this his last time? He was waiting, and his lot was pulled. Let's continue on. And we got some more waiting. And when the time of the burnt offering, the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. People came and gathered as incense arose, the smoke arose, pleasing aroma to God. They went, God's going to be happy. Let's pray. Were they praying a ritual? Possibly. But some of them may have been praying for God. When's the Messiah going to come? Some were probably praying, God, get the Romans out of here. Or God, I don't have money to pay my taxes. And so they came before God, waiting. God, meet our needs. Waiting and waiting. So we go back in. Zechariah is now inside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you'll call him John, and he will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Waiting. There's still more to come before Messiah comes. There's still a little bit more preparation. It's getting close. But they're still waiting. Zechariah asked the Lord, how can I be sure of this? It's a great question. I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. 
the angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and unable to speak until the day this happens because you do not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering, why is he staying so long in the temple? When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. How long did it take me to read that? 30 seconds? What happened in the temple that the people said something different happened? They're waiting. He didn't come out on cue. The service didn't end when it's supposed to. We know Sarah, she's got it down to a timeline. Is he dead? Or did he just get caught up in worshiping God? They're waiting because something different's happening. When his time of service was complete, he returned home. And after this, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant. And for five months, he remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. And these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. What's he waiting for here? You probably clued in. The waitings are in blue. He couldn't get home on time. He still had to finish his time at the temple. I dare say he started getting more nervous than kids for Christmas, going, when do I get to go home? When do I get to be with my wife? And then waiting. She's pregnant. Will we lose this child? Waiting and waiting. How many of you are waiting? What are you waiting for? Is our God faithful and worthy of waiting his time schedule? Or as we go in and look at the emotions that Zachariah may have experienced, and that's a big may, but as I think of myself in this, this passage, I'm going to be putting some of my emotions onto Zachariah, which I think we're going to say, yes, that's human. How are you dealing with your weights? Because we get to often see what's at the tip of the iceberg, the actions. But a lot of our emotions, which we may not be even aware are happening, drive our actions. And those who have taken the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Emotionally Healthy Relationships course go, yeah, Tom, I've already heard that. Those who haven't, we're going to do it in Spanish in January, and we're going to do it together once again in March. Come, learn how your emotions affect 
the visible actions. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of God's commandments and decrees blamelessly, faithful, worthy of being blessed. But they were childless. What pain did they live with for 20, 30, 40 years? No child. How often did they battle? What have we done wrong? Why hasn't God blessed us? Does God not love me? The natural emotions which come up. At the end, we see... His wife saying, he's taken away my shame. But in the midst of the turmoil of their emotions, they were blameless. They didn't deny their emotions, but they stayed true to God. Let's find some other emotions. What do you think Zachariah felt when his lot was finally pulled? Maybe God does love me. Maybe for once I'm going to get to do this, what I've longed to do. There's hope. And some positive emotions starting to come up. But that doesn't negate the pain of being childless. What was his emotion here? Pretty easy. Ah! <laughs> he was going through the ritual. He heard how it was done. And to have an angel show up, he's going, okay, God's out to kill me now. He didn't expect the angel. He expected to go through life following the rules and the regulations. So he's gripped with fear. This was not on the script. I love what God does over and over again. He didn't strike him dead. He said, do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Have hope. Because he carried into this ritual the joy of the experience and the pain of the past. Your, life will bear, your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. What's his emotion starting to do? I'm guessing he went, don't pull my leg. Don't do this to me. Third service, if someone's sick, you'll get 20 different home res enemies. And so I'm sure over the years they heard everything you should do which helps someone get pregnant. What clothes to wear, what time, what foods to eat, what not to eat, what not to do before, what not to do afterwards. And they were tired of advice. 
He possibly was going, no. His emotions came up. Didn't matter that it was an angel. It hit a trigger. And emotionally, he was going, I can't bear it. Do you ever get that way? Do you ever get that way? You've heard promises from God. You go, God, it's not working. And so we go, the promises you've given me here, I think they're good for other people, but maybe not for me. We got to go back to being grounded with God. We've got to find safe places that we can express these emotions because the emotions are real and the faithfulness of our God is real. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And we go, yay! But I'm old. I'm going to die before I get to see my son do this. God, why didn't you do this 30 years ago? Some of you are facing the same delayed reactions. You've gotten promises from God, what he's going to do in your family, in your friends. And you go, God, when am I going to see the results or am I going to die not seeing the results? Will we be faithful in the midst of our emotions or will we allow our emotions to take us away? So the natural question, how can I be sure of this? I can understand him asking that question. How can I be sure? I don't want to be disappointed one more time. It's not fair. So the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I've been sent to speak to you to tell you good news. When I hear him saying, I'm telling you good news, I see Zachariah needing the good news because he's stuck in hard emotions. And now, but in contrast to the good news, you will be silent and not be able to speak until this day happens. He was blameless. He walked in the ways of God. He wasn't perfect, but he was faithful. And this one time when he allowed his emotions to take control cost him a consequence. Cost him a consequence from being able to join in freely into the good news to now going 9, 10, 11 months of not speaking. You and I, when we allow our emotions to take control of us, 
and not deal with our emotions before God, sometimes we pay the consequences. It doesn't take away God's love for us, but choices we make can affect how the outcome of our life will be. It caused Zechariah. We don't want to negate that we have the emotions, but we want to live blamelessly with our emotions. And then we get to see Elizabeth's response at the end. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown me his favor and taken away my what? My disgrace. He's taken away all the times I felt I needed to hide because everybody else is talking about me. Getting together with the other women at the well, and they're pulling out their stone tablets with pictures of their kids. And she's going, I don't have to carry those around. I don't have any. Disgrace. Everyone going, oh, there's Elizabeth, the one without kids. She must have done something wrong. And she's going, God, thank you. You have lifted the pain of my past and placed it somewhere else. And that's what God wants to do for us also. He wants to lift the pain of our past, the pain of our present, and go, you can trust me. You don't have to be controlled by these emotions. I can give you freedom. My spirit lives in you to empower you, to guide you. Whether you're seeing the results as Elizabeth got to, or as the writer of Hebrews said, some died and not seeing the results, but God was faithful. So in the midst of all these emotions, how did Zachariah live? Faithful, blameless. Fulfilling what God asked him to do. Praying. Hoping. God, do it. So the question naturally is, what do you do when you experience the emotions such as Zechariah experienced? Do you remain faithful? Or do you walk away? When your emotions and the promises of Scripture don't line up, which do you live by? The emotions? Or the promise. Do you ever ask God, why am I experiencing these emotions? Oftentimes when we pray with people, all of a sudden they're being trapped by experiences of their past and they're being defined by something that happened 30 years before. And God said, I died for that, the cross. You're free. And they have to go to the cross 
with their past. Give it to God and receive from him his favor to be able to live out blamelessly. Otherwise, the emotions, the guilt, will continue us to live trapped as slaves. But we're no longer slaves of sin. We are children of God. So what are the things you're waiting for? We don't have too many kids here, so it's probably not Christmas Day. Or you might be waiting for the day after Christmas and go, whew, it's all done. What are you waiting for? Some of you are waiting for God to answer prayer. You're waiting and waiting. God hasn't said no. He hasn't said maybe. So you're hoping he's still going to say yes. Are your prayers still filled with faith? Or are your prayers starting to become rituals? Because I know I better do it. Take time away from God. Allow him to restore faith in you. There's a couple of areas in my life. I've got to stop. I've got to ask God, restore faith. I know I'm supposed to pray about these things. Restore that you're going to do something. So it's not just me expressing my desires, but it's me trusting that you've heard, like you've promised, and you desire to respond. It's okay to ask God for a faith infusion. He came to give us faith. But there's another thing we're waiting for. Matt, a couple weeks ago, I believe it was him, was going, wow, I can't believe these guys didn't catch on that Jesus was the Messiah. Weren't they waiting for him? I had to think, well, I know Jesus came once. Do I believe he's going to come again? I had to go. Sometimes it's a theological yes, and it's a lifestyle no. Theologically, yes, I know he's my eternal hope. When I had my brain tumor 20 years ago, I knew as we came out of Venezuela, if I, we die, if I died on the plane as they flew us back to the States, I'd be in, I'd be in heaven. That's good. Eternal hope. That's what my mother-in-law is waiting for. Jesus, bring me home. Eternal hope. It's preached at every funeral. Our eternal hope. But is it our reason to live today? Are we wanting Jesus if he came back in the middle of the football game this afternoon to go, child, I love how you're living. When there's a moment of tight, intense communication in your family, are you hoping Jesus is going to return to go, hmm, you handled that one well? 
Or are you just going to fly off the handle and go, he's not coming back, so it doesn't matter. And the decisions you make, could Jesus come back today? Or is that future? Worship team, come on up. If he's going to come back today, who do you know that God's placed in your heart? They wouldn't be with him. Who do you need to have a God conversation with them? Sharing your hope so they can choose hope for them. Who are you willing to talk about what God's doing in your life so they know there is a God who's real? How does his return affect how you pray? Or is that future? And it doesn't affect me. I want to ask a question. Put a challenge before us. This year, what was the title? Canciones de Navidad, Songs of Christmas. As you hear Christmas carols, would you be willing to ask yourself, do I want Jesus to return today? Do I want Jesus to return today? Or not. Let's pray. Father, we've waited. Emotions begin to run high, positive and negative. Restore to us the hope of your return. Amen. What better verse to end on than Revelation chapter 22? 20 through 21. It's the end of the book. So we say, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you, God's people. Go in the hope of his return because he came once. He's coming again. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.